This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I don't think the Mets were ever attached to Xander Bogarts, who has also not had a great year. So I'll move on from that. Were there any of the bats that the Mets were sort of attached to or that we suggested they go after besides the guys we just mentioned? Yes, there, there's a couple, first so, of all. Uh, Catcher-wise, there was Wilson Contreras at one point in time. They were, yeah, but that feel- wasn't, no, hold on. That wasn't real. That was last year. Like, at the trade deadline, absolutely. But during the offseason, weren't we all content on Nito? We were still thinking Alvarez was going to be penciled in as a, a platoon catcher or a starting catcher. Right, right. We were all hoping for that to be the case. But then on the other hand, too, Contreras was also could have been a DH, too. I, I feel like there was a little... A little heat there at one point in time. Regardless, he's been terrible. And by the way, he doesn't catch in St. Louis anymore. <laughs> the other name, though, that you t- you brought up and were Go. dying for him, and I think his season's been okay, Brandon Drury. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was a big – that was my right-handed bat that I wanted them to add. And he's had a very, he's had a very good season. Like, that would have been – that would have been a great addition. <laughs> uh, let me get, let me pull up his numbers so I can at least back up that he's had a really good season. No, he he has, and the thing is too, like you talk about a you talk about a guy that can be flexible. It's not yes. just like third base. It's it's you, we would you, you could get rid of Escobar. You could have gotten rid of some of these other guys. He would have wouldn't need him. Yeah, I think actually he would have ended up playing a lot of second base, and McNeil would have ended up in the outfield. I think is one of the areas. But Brandon Drury is having a good year: two seventy, eight fourteen OPS, twelve home runs, thirty seven RBIs. He's he's blossomed. He's had a weird career because he was a productive player for the Diamondbacks. The Yankees acquired him, and I thought it was oh, what a brilliant trade. And he could not hit for the Yankees. He was terrible. And then he got dumped to Toronto in the J Hap trade. Couldn't hit in Toronto. Came to us, had a pretty good year in 2021, like a productive year, but as a bit piece. And then last year, put it all together with Cincinnati, got traded at the deadline to San Diego, and has proven that last year wasn't a fluke. So, yeah, that's one for me. We both had one DH guy that we liked. You like JD, I like Brandon Jury, and both have had, I'd almost say, equal seasons. If you look at that, yeah. JD's hit for a little bit more power, but. Pretty good seasons from both. I would say I'd give Drury the edge, not just because I said him, but because of the defensive versatility. You have to oh, admit that. Oh, 100%. Like, and that's the thing. That, that was the downside of J.D. Martinez, which is why you're not going to go and, and bring the guy in because it's a bat, and that's it. And you can't have those one-dimensional players anymore like uh, you know we've talked about over and over and over every day. No doubt. But I, I think the offense in general was a small – people wanted to add to it. I know you did, and a lot of Met fans said they got to get better, they got to get better. But it was so limited in scope on what they could add because they were set at so many different positions that it was really trying to add either a full-time DH or a right-handed DH. So, yeah, those are the names that we mentioned. Now, let's get to the pitching because this is the ugly part. This is the, uh, this is the, all right, everybody, let's cringe part. We got to start with DeGrom because this offseason was built on are they going to keep Jacob DeGrom? I'll get it out of the way. Obviously, I was dead wrong. I feel horrible for Jake. 
I think we all do, even if you didn't want him back. And keeping DeGrom at any cost or keeping DeGrom at a good cost would have been a disaster. I'm under the assumption that Tommy John was going to happen either way. It's not like being here was going to change that. He makes a handful of starts. He flirts with dominance. We get scared off of an injury. And then eventually what I had feared for the last three years, which is the big one, fearing the big one, finally happened. So letting DeGrom go as painful as it was turned out to be the the best decision. So let's get that one out of the way. That's a loss for me. It's a loss for you. Uh, it's just, it's a loss. The guy, the guy needs Tommy John surgery. He's never going to be the same in all likelihood. It sucks. And a hundred percent. And I, we were both on board because I said, this is the best pitcher in baseball when healthy. He needs to be on this team. There's no one that can replace him. And so right. far, that's been true. No one can replace when he's the best. Now, now that's the problem. When they lost the Grom, I'll never forget the pod we did right after, was, okay, we got to move on. Who are the replacements? And there were really only two that jumped out at us and really everybody, which was Justin Verlander, who they obviously ended up signing, and Carlos Radon. I get that Carlos Radon could come back in two weeks and be great for the New York Yankees. And he may, because when Radon pitches, he's really good. He's never healthy. That does us no good. I will declare to you right now in late June, the Mets dodged a bullet at least this season because they'd be screwed this season. Like Justin Verlander has made, you know, a handful of starts. I think it's up to eight now. And he's been very, very up and down. Overall, his ERA is a, a very mediocre 4.50, and he's made nine starts. So he's missed, I guess if you pitched the whole season, you'd be at about 15 starts right now. So he's missed six starts. He has not been great, but he's made nine starts. Carlos Radon has made zero starts. Zero. So if the Mets had signed Radon, and again, same injury, just assume, same diagnosis, we assume, who is pitching every five days? The answer is Joey Lucchese or David Peterson. So I understand that Radon may come back and he may be great for the Yankees. And for the Yankees, they were able to bide enough time where he comes back, they're in a playoff race. If he's great, people will quickly forget they didn't pitch in April, May, June. Very quickly. We wouldn't because we're screwed. Because our season's being buried. So again, looking at the short-term angle of this, they were better off with the guy they signed because DeGrom's done and Verlander's already passed him in innings and starts and Radon hasn't picked up a baseball. So in the short term, if you looked at DeGrom, Verlander, and Radon in the same bucket, the New York Mets, shockingly enough, picked the right choice for now, which is just gives me a headache. The mind is blown right there. That is terrible. That is, that is one crapshoot of a of a bucket. It's a horrible looking bucket, that's for sure. It's <laughs> it's not. And by the way, it gets worse. So some of the other starting pitchers that have signed, Tyler Anderson. Remember Tyler Anderson signed with the Angels. Tyler Anderson has a five point six four earned run average. Okay, Jamison Tyone. Remember how the Mets were very close on signing Jamison Tyone? They made an offer to Jamison Tyone. Jamison Tyone has made 12 starts. 
and he has a 6.71 ERA. 6.71. Holy crap. It's not and that was a guy they were they were talking to. That was a guy they were close to. Keeping Taiwan Walker. Taiwan Walker. Now Taiwan Walker has pitched a lot better recently in his last 3 starts. He has pitched 20 innings and allowed one earned run, so I give him a lot of credit. His ERA is now down to 4.31. I would actually argue Taiwan Walker has been Taiwan Walker. That the number doesn't look great at 4-3, but he's made 15 starts. He's thrown 77 innings, and maybe to the opposite of his Met tenure, he got off to the bad start. He has now recovered. So I don't think Taiwan Walker has been a disaster, but he hasn't been great. He has been far better than the guy the Mets signed to replace him, Jose Quintana, who has still not made a major league start. So that was a clear downgrade because he hasn't pitched. Ross Stripling, another guy the Mets were talking about, has a 7.24 ERA. I mean, every guy they were attached to, Pete, sucks. How how did Andrew Heaney, because I know at one point in time he was somebody that they were thinking of. What's his death? like? I know because I know the Texas Rangers pitchers have been much more dominant than uh, yeah. some of the others. Andrew Haney's pitched well. He's made 14 starts, 72 innings, 3.980 are a solid. Like, so, of all the guys we just mentioned. Oh, my God. Bring him to the Mets today. He's the best <laughs> of it. The other guy who's fascinating, and, I, and I, I really think it's still too early to tell, Chris Bassett versus Code Isenga. I think it's too early to tell. Bassett has had a very odd season in that he's had some dominant starts. The one against the Mets, as we recall, uh, he had a game against the Astros a couple of weeks ago. He pitched great in, but then his more recent start against Baltimore when he gave up eight runs in three innings was not very good. So he has been very up and down. He's thrown 88 innings, which is a plus. His ERA is 4.16. So he has not been as consistent as he's been a year ago, but he's gone out there. He's taken the baseball, and he's been good. In contrast, Kodai Senga has probably been better. Certainly, his overall numbers are better. He's got a 3-5 ERA. He's just thrown less innings, and he's made the less starts. So I, I think I'd argue Senga is like slightly better, though if you value innings more and you value the fact he's made the two extra starts, then you could argue Bassett. But now overall number, Senga slightly better. All right, so the one thing I will say is I, I think you're wrong there because look at Bassett. You're right. The blow-ups are there. We we see that. He had the same blow-ups last year. You remember the the West Coast trip? He was terrible. Yep. Uh, yep. There was a couple of games versus San Francisco. He was awful. I think Arizona too. Um, so if if you removed those blow-ups. You can't his, though. I know. I know. That's fine. You can't. But how many blow-ups is he? It's not, he doesn't blow up every game. No, no, how no. Many, no. How, many, how, many, how many blow-ups does he have? Like but isn't four. that isn't that comparative to Senga? Senga's had dominant starts, and then he's had a couple of really bad ones. The advantage Bassett has is he's thrown more innings, like, and, and that's valuable for a team like the Mets, whose bullpen's been so bad. Like, you throw in seventeen more innings and two more starts, like I can't discount that completely. I think it's been close. I think it's been, but that's what Pete. That's the thing that's so kind of depressing. If you look at their individual starting pitching decisions that they made. Verlander replaced the Grom, which knowing what we know now, the right move. Sanger replaced Bassett. It's an argument. It's a discussion. It's relatively close. Taiwan Walker over Quintana by a mile, just because Quintana hasn't pitched. 
and the Mets can't pitch. You see what I'm saying? Like the three moves that they made are not unmitigated disasters as a whole, but it's Carlos Carrasco's gone backwards. It's David Peterson, who last year made 19 starts and was a big contributor, is so awful. He's buried in AAA. We never want to see him again. So it's not just the decisions that they made in terms of starting pitching, because knowing what we know now, what decisions would you have made? Like, think about that. I guess, look, Nate Evaldi's had a great season. Did we ever even mention him as a fit for the New York Mets? No, no, not even once. So he's a tough one to kind of throw in there and say, well, if they sign Nate Evaldi, like none of us were talking about him at that point. Nobody. He's had a great year, but nobody was. 